Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is here, our great, uh, fabulous producer. Uh, Mr. Rob Sanders on the other side. I have more oxygen over here, please. Oh, oh, and it's not even turned on at all. No. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. Hold on a second. Oh, that's much better. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. Didn't you notice I was turning purple over here? (laughs) I did, but... You just didn't care. I did wasn't sure if you were irritated at the Democrats again or what. You never know. No, I was just trying to get some air. funny? Well, you're looking well. You're looking pink, as close as I can tell, through the (laughs) tent screen. Yeah, through the plastic. It's polypropylene, incidentally. Thin layers of polypropylene. Somebody asked, what kind of plastic is it? (laughs) I'm like, uh... Well, it's not real thick, but it does serve its purpose. No, I think it's uh, the recycle status is like a six or seven, I think. Which one is polypropylene? I I have no idea. You're the authority on things recyclable. (laughs) All right. 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. We invite you to use that over the next 90 minutes. We do have open phones. We have a three-minute segment of the remarks of Kurt Mosser yesterday. Very much worth listening to. Uh, We would just uh, love to have uh, your reaction to his remarks. It makes an impassioned plea to get businesses reopened in Pennsylvania. So we will uh, play an excerpt of that. Uh, We also have, uh, let's see, we had an infectious disease specialist uh, talking about the fact that there'll be a limited number of elective surgeries going on up at UPMC Susquehanna up in Williamsport in the weeks ahead. So not a resumption of normalcy, uh, but with lots of precautions, they'll start to try to get uh, some revenue going in there and get some patients uh, taken care of in a timely fashion at that particular hospital. So, of course, that puts uh, more questions on the table for Dr. Levine, she'll be on the radio today at 2 o'clock, so we invite you to tune to WKOK to hear that. And the governor has uh, media availabilities from time to time, so uh, we'll have that kind of questioning to put to him. But what's your reaction to that? Is it time, not time? What's your view? Give us a call, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us throughout the show at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1950. So we would just love to do business uh, with you. Well, do, do you see, did you read the entire story? I think it's not just the Williamsport UPMC. I think it's UPMC statewide. The whole system, yeah. Good, right, the entire you. system. Uh, and they said that they have 118 patients hospitalized with COVID-19 at UPMC hospitals, and that's not a significant increase from last week. Uh, he further said the rate of positive coronavirus testing done through UPMC hospitals has dropped to a 6.6%, down from 12% early in the pandemic, another sign the coronavirus threat is declining in areas served by UPMC. Okay. Well, they never got the surge, but but then again, uh, the reason they didn't get the surge is because we stayed at home. 
you know, we shut things down. So if we open things up and we start elective surgeries, we're going to turn things around. How are you certain of that? I mean, some places don't seem to have it, whether it's a pattern, whether there's something in the atmosphere, or whether it's people's natural resistance, but it does seem like you would think that the way people travel around the state, that it would be fairly even from place to place, percentage-wise. Well, it's, it's where percentage the people wise. are. It's all, it, is, it is proportional. It's where the people are. Okay. One percent of one percent have it So in, you're saying in Pennsylvania. That, well, UPMC serves some heavily metropolitan areas, including Allegheny County, Westmoreland County. You know, which is not Philadelphia, I will concede you, but it is a heavily populated area. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be having less than Philadelphia or less than New York, certainly far less than New York City. Oh, yeah, Allegheny County must have got right on I mean, board by proportion, as soon as possible. By proportion of the population, New York is much higher than the rest of the world. In terms well, of people. Disproportionate. Well, I th- probably because you have high numbers. Of course, remember, you're getting minority populations spreading it faster well, because put, closer together and more service-oriented jobs places there. places like Hong Kong, where, where the masses of humanity are teeming, literally, mm-hmm. living in close proximity, hundreds and thousands of people, and yet they don't have it as bad percentage-wise as New York City does. Okay. Well, good for them. All right. Well, they wear masks all the time, so maybe that's <laughs> okay. a factor involved. Now, I guess all bank robbers are probably safe from this virus because they've been wearing masks for a long time, too, right? Hmm. That's true. Hey, you didn't used to be able to wear a mask or a hoodie when you go into the bank, but now you're all insulated under your clothing. Well, I guess they don't but care the, if you the drive. The lobby's not open anyway. You have to walk up to the drive-thru. They, they don't care if you drive up to the drive-in window wearing a mask, I guess. Oh, are you allowed to walk up to the drive-thru? Uh, some people do. Yeah, yeah I've seen people do can. it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. It is not just coronavirus day 39. It is also Earth Day. So we invite you to, boy, just to walk out of your house with a trash bag, pick up trash in your local road if you can't do anything else. Uh, we'd love to uh, see you helping, being part of the solution there. Mr. Lance, first caller of the morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for checking in. You're on the mark. Hey there. Well, you know, I might be turning around on this here climate change deal. Because, uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Well, you know, remember me, you know, I've always called poo-pooed the whole thing, but here, I'm reading thing here by two scientists, you know, and I say that uh, major European cities will be sunk beneath rising seas as Britain is plunging into climatic upheaval in the next 16 years. So we're in the middle of one tragedy, and you're working on the next one. You're getting well, ahead no, of yourself well, here, Lance. Well, I mean, listen, they predict now. <laughs> There's a punchline coming. Oh, a punchline. Mega okay. droughts, famine, and widespread rioting will erupt across the world. How about pestilence? Are we going to have that? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. And it should be elevated beyond a scientific debate to a U.S. national security concern, say the two scientists. Already, according to them, uh, the planet is carrying a higher population that can sustain in the next 16 years. I mean, they came out 16, I guess 9, but you know, catastrophic shortages of water and energy supply will become increasingly harder to overcome. Who are these two scientists? The planet into war. Are these two scientists, Moe and Shep? Well, no. This guy's named Peter Schwartz, and uh, he was a scientist for Royal Dutch Shell. Huh. And uh, An oil company. Uh, well, we can yeah. certainly trust him. Well, you know, I mean, when you see somebody that was a, you know, a petro nut turning around, you got to kind of wonder, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's depressing stuff. 
It's national security threat that is unique because there is no enemy to point our guns at and have no control over the threat. Well, I admire you, Lance. You found something more to be depressed about than the rest of us have already staying home and being sucked into this coronavirus. Well, <laughs> I don't buy it. Already, What's the punchline? Possibly two rates prevent a disaster. And this was, boy, just written on February the 21st, 2004. Oh, so you're quoting 16-year-old scientists. Told you. Okay, that's ah, the... Ah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that's the prediction for this year. Oh, for this year, for 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't realize. Were... I saw it said February the 21st, and it's 2004. Well, I'd say that's a little old information, but they turned out to be partially right. We do have something going on right now that qualifies as uh, one of those well, things you said was going to happen. Well, do you realize up until the 18th, of 18th of April, the number of folks that died from alcohol was just about dead on with the number of folks that died from the virus. Yeah, now but people choose that. <laughs> people choose that. We still say COVID-19 uh, individuals who die are victims of the disease, but if people choose to consume um, copious amounts I of alcohol, what. that's their choice, although there are certainly victims of alcoholism. And well, alcohol accidents. I I knew at least twenty five men that didn't want to drink. But once they started on it, they couldn't stop, hmm. and it did kill them before they were sixty years old. But uh, well, anyway, on a little lighter note here, today is Leaders Appreciation Day, and it's also Jelly Bean Day. Now. I'm sure that Joe there will get the connection. All right. We got you. Thank you so much. The connection would be yeah. Ronald Reagan, who loved jelly beans. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Lance. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good to hear Appreciate from you again. Call. Take care. Yeah. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. So uh, we have a non another nonsense. We do, but we also have the audio from Kurt Moss. You want to hear that? Well, I mean, I think that bill is very important. He introduced uh, was one of the sponsors of House Bill twenty three seventy six, which I think I read it. It was sent to me. Uh, Rog sent it to me, and I read it this morning, and it makes a lot of sense. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. Do you have any problem with it? No, it makes perfect sense. So did all the other bills they sent to him. Okay. Guess what? <laughs> if it ain't his way, it's the highway. So no. it's you know uh, the the governor has a, a lockstep, insulated view on how to get out of this, and it involves these molecularly small movements in the months ahead. Of course, his stated reason is to prevent the pandemic from overwhelming our health care systems. But uh, there's no negotiating. There's no talking. The only bills that get through uh, allow his next incrementally small elements to go through. He signed a bill that would allow notaries to perform online services so that online automobiles uh, sales can take place. Well, there's no reason you can't uh, do what the state liquor store system is doing, and that's do a, you know, you call ahead or use online, then they bring it out to you. Um, one of the restaurants where my lovely bride and I get a meal, you pop the trunk on your vehicle from up front, they place the meal in the back of your trunk, they close the trunk, you, you don't even get out of the vehicle so you're not even and you're never near them you know except the fact that they're near your vehicle so well and they're also in touch with something you're going to be intimately involved with your food right well you pr you hope they're taking all the necessary precautions and are now let me ask you do you wipe the containers off before they come in the house 
Uh, I, I, well, not before they come in. I bring them in, but I, I would assume my lovely bride probably does yeah. that. She's wiping everything down so much these days, I, mean, I, we, I don't keep track of it. We order take out, and before the boxes come in the house, okay. they get wiped down. Well, that's sound advice. You can't be too careful with this, especially you're in the age bracket where it t- tends to hit people a little but bit harder. But that's a, a risk uh, or precaution I'm willing to take. Mm-hmm. Some of the other precautions the governor's put out there, you know, are, to me are just too far over the top. For example, you and I sit within, what, four or five feet of each other every mm-hmm. day. We have, I'm in this tent over here that you've erected for me. But still, before we put the tent up, we've been doing that for how many years? Since 2007. We and, look across each other. Right, and I don't think in that time either one of us has ever given the other a cold, much less a virus. So Well, you don't know that. I mean, we could sit, <laughs> if I said You've had plenty of colds, and most of them came from me. How about that? <laughs> well, Disprove I had, that. I had sinus infections. For well, and I gave you those, too. <laughs> Did you? Okay. Yeah, so, so there you have it. Well, here it is. I was willing it's, to concede that you didn't give well, them to me. Well, it's just as ridiculous a presumption as that I didn't give them to you as that I did. Well, but the point I was trying to drive at is that if I take a test drive in a car, I'm still sitting about as far away from the person that's with me as I am sitting away from you. And if that person is wearing a mask and they have gloves on or some kind of protective gear, and I certainly, if I was going to take a test drive in a car, I would expect them to want me to wear gloves and a mask mm-hmm. during this. So why why won't that work? And then I go see the F&I guy, the finance and insurance guy. Uh, I'm sitting across from him, probably further away from him than I am from you. He's wearing right. gloves Six and a mask. Six feet away from him. Right. He hands me the paperwork. I take out a pen. I sign it. You know, I sign the financing papers or whatever I'm going to sign, and I go, on my way, I go on my way with a new car. I mean, to say that we have to do it all by, uh, what? Online. Online. I mean, it's, to me, it's ridiculous. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our open phone. One of our listeners says uh, a note. I'm assuming this is for the Steve Jones Show. Will Gronkowski playing for the Bucks slow the spread of COVID-19 in Tampa Bay? So I, that is... Uh, well, that's too, apropos of nothing. Too deep for us. <laughs> let me forward that to Matt Catrillo. Yeah, we'll, Matt will uh, probably deal with that. Uh, we'll let him. Okay. Are you take just? Care should we that. talk among ourselves while you're doing? Well, you that? want to do Kurt now? <laughs> yes. Why don't we do hear what Kurt Monster had to say yesterday in defense of his bill? I wasn't going to speak, but I can't take it anymore. I'm not an epidemiologist, or however you say it, but what I am is a business owner for 40 plus years. The whack-a-mole approach that's been taken has been this waiver process and the picking of winners and losers by one person who won't be transparent about who he picked, who he picked as winners, who he picked as losers, and why he did it. That's the whack-a-mole approach. Please don't tell me so casually that you get it. Because unless you sign the front of a check, Unless the lives of your employees and your customers are dependent on what you do, you truly don't get it. I've been cleaning my restaurant. I've been socially distancing. I've been doing everything that I possibly can because I care about my employees. More importantly, I care about my customers because without both of them, I don't have a business. I'm doing this, my bottom line, I, I hear it all the time, this, we're all about the bottom line. My bottom line is feeding my family and feeding the families of the 75 people who work for me. 
Some people who are with me for over 30 years, single mothers with three kids, who I gotta tell I don't know what to do because I'm useless. I can't get these things done. I can't open back up for you. We can't do it safely, but government employees can. Are you kidding me? My bottom line is taking care of my family and taking care of the families who work for me. Please don't tell me, I heard another thing, don't worry, the federal government's doing this, stepping up. Well, let me tell you what. Again, unless you sign the front of that paycheck and unless your, your, your decisions make sense for your employees and your family, please don't tell me that. The Paycheck Protection Program means nothing for my industry. You have to have people employed. How am I going to have people employed when I can't be open? Well, we have disaster relief funds. We have those disaster relief loans out there for you. Well, guess what? The last thing I need is another loan. The last, unless you, again, are the one who is responsible for paying back these loans, you just don't get it. This bill is about one thing and one thing very simply. Either you're with the big box stores or with your, with your small businesses, the mom and pops, that are the backbone of this country. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Very impassioned. And Amen. a great deal of common sense, too. All right, we're going to get some calls on the radio very <laughs> shortly here. Uh, on the Mark is brought to the Sunbury Motor Company, where they would invite you to go to sunburymotors.com. Why is that so critically important today? Because that's the first step for you to purchase a vehicle online. You can buy a Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln, a brand new one, or you can buy one of the pre-owned vehicles they have that are literally in perfect condition and are good to go. Of course, they all come with uh, competitive prices and all of the service that you would expect from the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, what do they know about service? Well, they've been the quintessential service provider and towing company and alignment shop and body shop and car wash and everything else in Sunbury for 100 years or more. And if your vehicle, you're not quite ready to purchase a new one online, well, then go to the Quick Lane, North 4th Street in Sunbury. They can fix you up. Your body's got a big fat dent in it, and you're going to use this opportunity to get the dent fixed while you're not working these days and go to the body shop. But make the appointment at sunburymotors.com. You can make the appointment at the Quick Lane, order car parts, they'll bring them right out to you at the Sunbury Motor Company. They're super serving people in a socially distant manner, responsibly, safely, and happier customers they could not have. The Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Got some lines occupied. Upper right-hand corner, if you would, Joe, and then we get the call. Um, why can I pick up booze, food, and other things from big box stores like clothing, but I can't buy anything from a smaller store that has fewer people in it? Can't we do curbside everywhere or purchase by appointment? That's a question for the governor. All right, we'll put that Excellent to him point. today. All right, callers will be limited to two minutes apiece as we head toward the top of the hour. Dale, you're on the mark. Yeah, I think WKOK, I mean, is real media, and I think these guys deserve a 100% raise because you have ears. And I, like I say, <laughs> what? one thing I noticed one thing I noticed is our leaders and our billionaires are not wearing masks, okay? So, and I say, you know, there's always motives behind marketing, and marketing don't have ears. Am I correct? Not that I'm aware of, but go ahead. It's <laughs> okay. your in your time. <laughs> okay. Well, our leaders and our billionaires are not wearing masks, okay? And most of the people who believe that what they see on television, which I, is all marketing, are the people who had to be told that the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus is not real. They didn't figure it out themselves. Oh. Okay. So they had to be told What do you mean they're real. not real? Are you all are you mentally ill? They're real. I believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy too. I believe in it. Like it like it doesn't okay, exist. Okay, well you, basically if you believe what you see on television cuz it has no ears, you believe you're probably the one who had to be told that the Easter Bunny's not real and I figured it out myself. Did you how so, you do that? I don't know, but here's the one another thing. All these doctors, okay, these big, big doctors, uh, Fauci and all that, they're not wearing masks, okay? So, you look look behind where they're at. They're behind Big Pharma up there, so basically they're marketing a product, okay? And not one scientist in all that can, can tell you that to wipe out viruses in a common cold is have electric stove. Turn it on for 250, crack the door open, and breathe hot, dry air for 10 minutes will wipes out everything. And not one of them want to mention that on television. You know why? Because it's going to destroy their product or sell. Okay. So, I mean, what product are they selling? What, what, are they sell, what are they selling, Joe? Well, now coronavirus has come through years, so now they're going to start selling earmuffs. So you better get your ear muffled. <laughs> All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Dale. You have never made more sense than you did today. Bobby, <laughs> you're on the mark. cheese out there. Yes, um, um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Today, today being Earth Day and, uh, you know, environment and everything else, and I, I think we, you know, should be thankful for what we do have. And, uh, you know, to kind of look at, you know, uh, the, the reason that, that maybe certain things spread differently in certain areas is the point I tried to make uh, yesterday in the Susquehanna Valley here we get a lot of you know humidity and that's one thing but you know then there's other environments you know around you know the the world uh, that would affect things so maybe when they're trying to look and find a solution for this they ought to uh, look and find uh, uh, where you're at and how the atmosphere affects living there with your diseases, viruses, and everything else. Yeah, excellent. Well, And I think we're going to find out the hard way. We're going to yes. find out this summer. All right. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate the call. Boy, we're knocking them down here. Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Uh, and I'm still well. I hope you are, Joe. And, Mark, you're getting up in that area, too, so I wish you all well. <laughs> Thank you. And I wish, I wish you'd also not demean science and the press 
all the time. In the first place, you've been part of the press all your li- uh, working lives, both of you, as have I. And I find that the Fourth Estate is a wonderful, wonderful thing to keep us free. But my reason for my call is because science still has the answer. And yes, Lance can dig up somebody who said we're going to go down the drain in 16 years. Somebody has said that now, that it, within 20 years we're done. But they were well, scientists then. They were scientists. You're telling us to believe them. No. Well, I how, say how do we you know which scientists? The weight of science, Joe. You don't believe one guy. You believe the weight of science. And it changes every day. If it doesn't, it's not science. Do you understand that? Well, or then is how, that no, I, I think I understand you, the concept, but what you're saying then is that the things, we should act on everything every day, no matter how often they tell us it's changing. For example, understand if you think that's what I said. Well, that you said what science said changes every you, day, and you said it changes every day, and we should follow science. That's what you said. They kept, Those words came out of your mouth, not mine. That's what a scientist will tell you. A scientist told me that. Uh, history tells us that if you look at science, Joe, you can see that it expands, it changes. What we don't know about this virus, which I wanted to get in quickly okay, here, go ahead. Uh, what we don't know about the virus is what's going to happen. We do not have enough tests, and just because a trumpet man says we do, I'm afraid we don't. We don't have enough tests. We have to get the tests put together. A good president would have said, let's get a test that really works. Everybody work toward the same end. We might even have a vaccine or a relief agent by now. Oh, but the scientists but, are telling us it will take at least a year to come up with a good uh, antiviral for this. Now you're saying you don't believe the act, scientists. It's actually not a year, Joe, if you actually study The it. weight of the scientists say it's over months. a year. Over Well, it's that's over a year. 18 months. That's well Joe. over a year. All right, that's we're going right. to have to... <laughs> But you're saying we could have had it by now, but we only learned about this in late December, so... We'll have to finish this during the 9 a.m. hour, men. Call back, Van. Thank you so much for calling in initially. we got to get the rest of the story. you got to set... Thank you. you got to set Joe straight during the 9 a.m. hour. This is WK, okay? Sunbury, 9 o'clock. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. We're back to open phones. We'd love to hear from you today. Lots of opinions and lots of certainty. It's Earth Day 2020. It is a day that's been set aside to call attention to uh, global issues that relate to our environment. Uh, we get a lot of skeptics out there. You're welcome to call in and uh, continue your remarks. So we got, uh, of course, a lot of science-based believers out there that are really concerned about uh, the future 
future, and uh, we very much are interested in hearing your opinion. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com or text us at 70236. State police around here say they're looking for a hit-and-run driver who fled the scene of an incident yesterday. An individual hit and injured a woman who were, the woman was riding a bicycle. The child was in a trailer. It happened Tuesday morning. Troopers say 23-year-old Abigail Martin of Lewisburg riding a bike on Red Ridge Road in Limestone Township, Union County, around 10 a.m. Uh, first, an 11-year-old girl in a small trailer hit by the SUV, which went on to hit uh, Martin, who was on a bicycle. Uh, the two were taken to the hospital. Uh, Martin's in fair condition. The condition of the child is not known. State police say they're still looking for the driver of a white Ford Explorer. The car should have damage to the front passenger side area. There's a social media conversation about some individual taken into custody yesterday and a, a car trailered from a particular location, but state troopers say they are still looking for that uh, driver and that uh, damaged SUV. Governor Tom Wolf uh, says despite all the legislation that's out there that would reopen the businesses, he says, we are not going to overwhelm the health care systems around here. Those are all things that cannot be answered by simply saying, here's an arbitrary date. We're going to open regardless of what the virus says that we ought to do, and we don't care about the consequences. I don't think that's right. Governor Wolf recently announced a target date of May 8th to further the reopening process, and that is the extended time of the stay-at-home order. After Monday's totals came out, the Valley now has six new confirmed cases of coronavirus, individuals who have tested positive, most of those in Northumberland County. Northumberland County has 77 total cases, Union County 29, one in Snyder County at 31, additional one, I should say. Montour County saw a decrease of one positive case as the Department of Health changes the method through which uh, they do their calculations. State Senator John Gordon on WKOK's On the Mark program Monday says they are working to fix the unemployment compensation system. Most people that were able to go online and fill out a normal form uh, were able to get through and they've been receiving uh, their checks. I think uh, there's seven or 800,000 uh, folks that have been receiving their checks. He says there's still 300,000 people or so that still need to be serviced by the unemployment compensation system. Dr. Rachel Levine, state health secretary, says it all boils down to testing and tracing, testing individuals who may have the virus and tracing to find out where they got it so that individuals can be quarantined. He says that'll be, she says that'll be one of the most important things that will emerge from the coronavirus. Finally, a Louisiana pastor has been arrested on assault charges after he admitted uh, driving his church bus toward a man who's been protesting his decision to continue holding mass gatherings at his church. Police say Tony Spell turned himself into the department was arrested on charges of aggravated assault and improper backing. He got irritated at the individual who was protesting at his church for several weeks, even though the church continues to hold services. So he was going to back over him, but the man got out of the way. 
And this is a Christian, you say? <laughs> Everybody has has uh, a, a breaking short point. Fuse, yes. So, all right, we got. Uh, when the pastors start running you over, I think you got a problem. Did you read this one in the upper right hand corner? Uh, no, I did not. It relates um, to the protests in Harrisburg Monday. Right, peaceful protests are right, but I wonder if anyone truly thinks that everyone in the whole wide world doesn't want this all to get back to normal. Yeah, I think everybody does want it to get back to normal. I don't know of anybody who's. Well, maybe there are people who are benefiting from this. <laughs> yeah, the silver linings are so great, they want to stay in the rest of their lives. Well, we were going to talk about Kurt Mosser's speech, but we got four phone calls. Three right. on the hold, three waiting, and one coming in. So All let's right. roll. Let's hit the buttons. Richard, you're first up. You're on the mark. Hello. Uh, I had a little bit of a problem yesterday when the uh, Bucknell professor called in and was saying that he was just so, so upset about the people that went down to Harrisburg to protest. And what bothered me is here's a guy that's sitting there in his ivory tower. He's getting paid for, and he doesn't have to go into work, I'm sure, with his occupation that he probably has a pretty good bank account built up. And uh, I wonder what he would say if they said, look, you got to put on a mask, go into your, your, uh, your room and teach these students or you're out of here, you're fired, you lost your job. I wonder what he would say then about going in and doing it. And these small business people are basically saying the same thing. They're saying, hey, we'll, we'll social distance, we'll wear a mask, we'll try and be careful, but if, if we don't get back to work, we're gonna lose our business. We've, you know, we started this business five years ago, we're just starting to, to make money now, and we're going to go bankrupt. Uh, you're talking about my future. Uh, and like I said, I just felt that his perspective really wasn't, you know, where it should be. The one that got me uh, was yesterday when one of our writers came in and said that he works in a company where everybody has their own individual workplace. They all wear gloves and masks just generally as part of their job, and yet the governor wouldn't give them an exemption. And now they're finding that people down south who produce the same thing they're doing are trying to steal their customers away up in Connecticut. That's tragic. I mean, that's not, we can't endure that. Or we can't accept it either, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, another thing, this is a different subject, but I have some problem with the statistics that they gave out in the very beginning in that, um, you know, they say uh, statistics don't lie, but statisticians do. And... It may not be that they're lying, but I don't think that they were using the statistics perhaps the way they should. Uh, let's say that the, there's 10% of the people out here have coronavirus in their system, okay? So you test 100 people randomly, you're going to get 10 positive cases. So tomorrow you double the number of people that you test, and you test 200, and now you're going to get 20 cases. Well, we, wow, the, the numbers went up from 10 to now we have 30. But actually, it's still the same 10%. Now, if you follow this day after day after day, and you find that, yeah, you know what? No matter how many we test, we're getting 10%. Then you have a number, you know, that you can talk about, and you can say, well, maybe there's three, 35 million people in the United States that have coronavirus in their system but you know what good does that do i think they should have been talking about the percentage of people being tested that actually have the virus i think that would have been a better number to give out 
Well, and I think part of this is uh, if if we don't stay at home and if we don't keep businesses closed to avoid face-to-face contact and we don't wear masks and don't stop this spread, it will start to grow exponentially. It won't stay at uh, 10%. You know, I think 1% of the world population has this virus right now. So it'll go up to 2% and so on. So that's what, you know, the health experts and Dr. Levine and the governor are afraid of. That's the one thing is that if we don't uh, socially distance and stay at home, it won't just continue as a background ailment, which it is right now. It'll exponentially, pretty soon, uh, as uh, one of my good colleagues said this morning, I'll give it to three people, and they'll give it to three people, and they'll give it to three people, and then eventually everybody will have it. So that's what we're trying to avoid by doing this. And the other thing, the governor keeps repeating this. Uh, I'm going to add a phrase he doesn't use. He doesn't care less about the number of people who died. That's not true. But the real issue is here, they don't want to overwhelm the health care system. And we've been completely successful at that. And I think a lot of people see that and say, well, we can, we can let our guard down now because look, look how good we've been. I think the governor has the right tone. We can start to ease up a little bit, get a few businesses open. As Kurt Mosser suggested, he can do social distancing and masking and cleaning to get his business open, and that's like a farmer's market situation. Uh, and so I, yeah, you know, I, I think we, we all need to just keep looking at all sides of this. But your points are great, Richard, so thank you for calling in. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for checking in. Tom, you're going to be the next caller. You're on the mark. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy that uh, speech by Kurt Mosser at all. Why? I think it was a po- it was a political speech. Well, it was on the floor well, of the state house, so there's no sin there. Restaurants. People are not going to be going into restaurants. They're just not. When well, this, whether whether this is uh, whether they lift the, the uh, suspensions or not, people are not going to go into restaurants and eat. Eat. I would. He he has a he has a. Well, you're a nut. <laughs> wow. He got you on that one, Joe. <laughs> well said. He has, a, he has a banquet Just hall like the people out in the back on the of left. the other place oh. there where the, where the railroad used eat. to go across behind that restaurant. He got a banquet hall back there. <laughs> there's nobody gonna. Have, there's nobody gonna have banquets back there. You gotta be kidding me. I could maybe see. I could maybe see he could open up his his meat his meat store. He has a meat store where he sells meat. And have a couple people in there. I could understand that, but as far as that banquet hall and those restaurants he has, he's not going to get any customers. He says he has seventy-five employees. He'll never need them. He won't even. He won't even need a third of them. There's but nobody going to be going to go into those you're, kind of you're places. You're missing. You're missing the point. The thing is that something could be done to open them up and keep people safe in them in people, a limited fashion. In a limited no, fashion. You, how do you eat with your? How do you eat with a mask on? Well, let me finish. Come on. You don't have to eat with a mask on. But if you're practicing social distancing, if you and your family go in and and you live together all week long, and the, the the four of you in that house, and you go out and sit down at a table at a restaurant, how is that different from sitting? down at the table in your own dining room. And if the closest well, people to you... Well, you're the only one in there, well, but I'm sure he wants more than one you didn't one let me fin- You didn't let me finish. If the closest people to you are seven or eight feet away at another table, I mean, they're going to have to take some of the tables out, that's some of the chairs. That's not far enough. That, that's not far enough. Yeah, we're talking about half capacity for restaurants, 50% of what was enough. not enough. And okay. I'm telling you right now, and they're talking about it on TV, people that are smart, people... You can raise you. You can take these things off, and people are not going to go into places that they think are dangerous. They're just not. 
that they think you hit the nail on the head there, even though you call me a nut, and we'll get into that later. But, you know, everybody's going to accept some level of risk. You may not accept any. I might accept some level of risk. Mark might accept even more. But it's a personal decision based on our freedom as citizens of the United States of America to make that choice for ourselves. No, it's not. Yes, no, it's it not is. Because you're affecting somebody Have else. you ever heard of the Constitution? I don't care what the Constitution says. You oh, don't have okay. the right well, to make me sick. I'm not making you sick if you stay home. Well, if that, if that's well, how you feel comfortable, why well, should I stay else, home? You don't have the right to make anybody sick. Well, why should I stay home? Because you, you're worried about getting sick. You stay home. All right. I am staying home. All right. Well, then let me go out. Tom, you go <laughs> out to... I'll read you something here that I've seen <laughs> nope, on the computer. No, no, no. Tom, you're out of time. I'm sorry we got callers now, waiting. Now, listen, listen to this. No, no. i got to go. i got to I hate to do this. Closing no. business for... All right. Well, go ahead, Tom. All right, it Tom. It's more difficult to close a casket <laughs> of a loved one for an, for an entire lifetime. Stay home. Okay. All right. Well said. Thanks, Tom. Thea, Appreciate thank your you call, so much. even though I disagree with you and you call me a nut. <laughs> and he doesn't like the Constitution. Uh, right, we found that out, too. Van, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. You're on the radio. Well, I know I don't have a right to make anybody sick, but Tom actually makes me sick. <laughs> that's, that's just a joke, so take that with a grain of salt. But uh, anyway, with, with the scientists, you know, we're told to believe the scientists. And my question is, which one? Yeah. Which, which ones are we supposed to believe? Because there's, there's contradictory statements from both sides. So one of, just one of the points I wanted to make from yesterday when I called in was, you know, the deal with, with summertime coming and the, the warming up and humidity and all this talk about weather, the thing that is a scientific fact that everyone will agree with, because this is a provable, demonstrable thing that is a scientific fact. In the summertime, with the sunshine, you get increased vitamin D. And with increased vitamin D, that helps your immune system. And one of the things we've been hearing, and I'm sure you heard this also, is that colored people seem to be more susceptible to coronavirus. Have you heard that? I don't think they're more susceptible. I think because of lifestyle and, you know, sort of systematic and societal things, they tend to get it more. But the, because they live in higher concentrations, they hold more of the service jobs in but America. They die proportionately higher than, than non Well, because health care is less available to them is, is well, the ongoing topic. Well, one of, one of the thoughts behind that that I heard a doctor talk about is simply because of the melanin in the skin of the colored people, they're less able to absorb vitamin D. And we all become vitamin D deficient during the winter time, which explains why we're more susceptible to flu and stuff in the winter than we are in the summer, even though you can get flu in the summertime. You know, and with this coronavirus or with the flu, whatever it is, it's going to be there. It, does, it isn't like it dies during the summer. But what happens is, with being out in the sun more, our vitamin D increases a whole lot more. So, you know, with me, I take a lot of vitamins, and I've done that for years. And I had the flu one time in my life, and the only time I ever got the flu was when I got a flu shot. <laughs> well, that's that's apocryphal. I used to say that, too. But I've had the flu shot for the last seven years, and I haven't had the flu yet, knock on wood. I think that's still yeah. a 50-50 prospect at best. But, you know, I, I take the vitamin supplements, too. My doctor tells me to take this or that supplement from time to time. But, you know, I honestly say I've never met a supplement I didn't like. You tell me something's good for something or prevents something, I'll try it. He's a glucosamine yeah, fan, too. But then we've already established I'm a nut. <laughs> yeah, well, so am I, I guess. But they they also claim that zinc is another good 
uh, thing to take. So if you believe in that, you know, vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc, they say are very helpful, you know, combating the flu and also combating this virus. So that's, that's from the scientists that I believe that's their scientific perspective. So. Yeah, and it's not hard to find a scientist who will agree with the way we feel. That's the problem. And when Than says follow the science, you're right. Which science do we follow? So what? Well, what's like with politics? You know, pick a side. Yep. What scientist is talking about the fact that we should not stay at home? I'd love to hear from them or about them. Doctor Oz, Doctor Phil. All right, quack, quack. <laughs> Next one. Keep going. <laughs> Keep the it thing I, I see is, and I, I called in early on, you know, a couple weeks into this thing about we need to get back to work, and this is the thing that a lot of small businesses are not going to survive this. No, they're not. You're absolutely gotcha. right. Okay, thank you so much, Van. And then Thanks you find out that the, that the government loan program, some of it has gone to, like, Yale University that has the largest endowment in the history of endowments. Well, yeah, they gave it to uh, <laughs> businesses with $100 million in, or a million dollars in payroll. Some well, of and it. then places like the Shake Shack, which had the common sense and decency to return it, even though when they filed for it early on. But the perfect comeback was from one of the banks that said, well, would you rather give out a $900,000 loan to the Shake Shack or $900,000 loans to every small business in town. It's like, well, let's do one loan to Shake Shack. Well, if the and bank was doing its job and entering into the spirit of this thing, right. they would make the 900 loans. Right. Well, <laughs> maybe this bank board wasn't interested in that. Michael, you got to stand by, but we are coming right back. You're first up. we got open lines, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We flipped uh, uh, the grid here to science, so we're looking for both sides of the scientific argument. Call us with your opinion, too, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. One of our texters sent us a message about a doctor's appointment virtually. How did that go for well, them? It did didn't, they go, say? didn't go really well because the app the doctor was using wouldn't work with the phone of the patient. Okay. So now the patient has to go to the doctor's office where a uh, an iPhone will be handed to them so they can speak to the doctor from their car <laughs> inside the doctor's office. And then someone will come out and draw blood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is This crazy. is the new normal? That, that's too long of a text to read on the air, but that's the gist of it. That's the gist. Uh, Mike, uh, promised we'd put you on the radio, and this is that moment. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Well, you guys just gave me the first laugh of the day with your uh, talk of the virtual. Oh, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I was kind of 
envisioning a, uh, a process for a guy my age uh, over the virtual network, but I'm not going to go into that. But you can probably figure out why I'm laughing. But anyway, he, uh, <clears throat> we're talking about science, guys. Everybody's science, science, science. I mean, that's right, right behind the word testing, testing, testing. But I'm starting to feel like a rat in a cage when it comes to science. I'll tell you why. Because, you know, before I was asking my wife what day of the week it is, and now I've degraded to the point where what month is this? And, 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 and you know what? There's, there's truth in jest here. I'm laughing about this, and we're laughing about this. But let's, let's think about this. How much muscle, if you took all the people in the United States, how much muscular atrophy has occurred since we've pretty much locked people in their houses and kept them away from doing their jobs? Because a lot of people do, do still do physical work in this country, and many of them aren't doing it. A lot of people do get their exercise just by walking here and here or there, and they're afraid to, to go. So how much a muscle lot. mass has been lost? Worse than that, I mean, I, I went to the gym every morning, every day, seven days a week. And, and it's part of what I try to do to stay healthy. Now they closed the gym down where I never felt unsafe because they had plenty of cleaning products there. And now I'm reduced to taking a walk around the block, which doesn't give me nearly as much exercise. So I agree with you. Exactly, and that, that is just one point. And now, when people are saying, or I, I, I wasn't going to call, but Wolf, you guys played a, a clip of, of Wolf, the governor, saying, we're not going to open this economy without worrying about the consequences. It was something to that nature. I'd like to hear that again, because I don't know that I've heard any official say, we're just going to do this and see what happens. <laughs> you, this, you just heard it a minute ago? Yeah, you guys, during right, the, here maybe it, is. it was during the CBS News or one of the news things you had during your break, your last big break. Right, here it is. Here it is. Those are all things that cannot be answered by simply saying, here's an arbitrary date. We're going to open regardless of what the virus says that we ought to do, and we don't care about the consequences. I don't think that's right. Well, you're right, and the, the governor and the, and the House Republicans are and Senate Republicans who they're still talking past each other. They're sending each, or the, I'm sorry, they're sending the governor bills. They know he'll veto. They should, they all should sit down at a table, strap them down, and make them come up with some sort of a compromise. And if the the other thing is that if the, the governor may have a plan to reopen, but he doesn't tell anybody, no one knows it. He's going to go to the microphone on let's say May 5th and say, okay, now. Restaurants may open at 50% capacity as long as it's social distancing is continuing and everybody wears a mask except when they're actually eating and wait staff has to wear gloves and the kitchens have to be reinspected. Uh, but no one will know that until 5 p.m. May 5th when he makes that announcement and that irritates the Either that or he's going to come back and say on May 5th, well, I know I said May 8th, but now it's going to be May 30th. You know, it's like the death of a thousand cuts. I'm going down to York and protest. Now, Sweden, I don't want to change the subject here, but Sweden, they didn't shut down. They didn't go into this quarantine. They didn't go into isolation. And now, I guess their Volvo plant was shut down a little bit, but they're, 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 they said, here's their position when it comes to science. We've had pandemics in the past, and we've never done this. So right now, this country, America is, and the rest of the world too, for that matter, is in an experiment. Okay, so that's where I'm saying we're we're like rats in a cage. We're we're doing something that's never been done before. And as far as consequences, just printing all this money, all this money to, to go out and try to save businesses, many that will never come back because of this. And, and many, there's many reasons that that gentleman that just called that said, you know, people are going to be very apprehensive about going. And I think he used the word they'll never. And I've learned one thing. 
never say never, <laughs> and if is the two biggest uh, letter word in the world. Okay, so both those words when you when someone says never, you almost can disregard them, and if someone says well if, yeah, really have to think about what they're saying. So the consequences that that are being placed on our society uh, by printing all this money and doing what we're doing to the economy, that, in my mind, is an experiment on my children and my grandchildren right now, because we have no idea how this is going to play out down the road. Well, and our legislators are spending money that we don't have. We're just printing it. I'm worried about things like inflation coming around to rear its ugly head as we go forward. When you start printing uh, tons of money with nothing to back it up, you're back in the Weimar Republic days right before World War II. You know, we obviously need to help people, but the thing is, it's not targeted help. I mean, if the Democrat, the Republicans want money for small business, the Democrats want money for hospitals and local governments. You know, it should be based on where the greatest need is. You know, let's see what the greatest need is and take care of that. Who has the majority. Right. And, you know, so I, I can't let you get something without getting something I want. That's the kind of stupid mentality that we're dealing with in Washington. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I hate to say it. But that's true. And, you know, I, someone uh, lambasted a bunch of people saying, we need to get back to the past where Americans were Americans. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I don't know what that past is. I mean, we lived in, you know, slavery wasn't that long ago when you get right down to it. A civil war wasn't that long ago. Used to be okay to you beat right your wife. <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, there's so many things that I don't ever, ever want to go back to. So just the statement to, to put me down by saying, well, we need to get you, people like you. That's what really, people like you need to go back to the day when Americans were Americans. Well, I, you know, oh, how about, how about the days when the CIA used to do experiments on unknown, unknown people? Do we want to go back there? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, well, Mike. When the CIA used to be able to go into a South American country and have someone take out the leader, shoot him in the head. Like I'm not did so without sure those days have all changed. <laughs> well, maybe not. Hey, yeah. listen, you guys take care now. And Thank you. Thanks for calling, Mike. Yeah, appreciate safe, your call. Uh, upper right-hand corner, and then i got to take a break. says, Tom, i got news for you. There's hundreds of thousands of us out here that would support restaurants. I think you saw them. They were at the Harrisburg rally protesting for your Bill of Rights. As you say, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid they're wanting to give us, and not your Kool-Aid either. Thank goodness you're not in charge of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Very first day we're allowed to go to restaurants, I will be at a fine local restaurants enjoying a fine local meal. And then one of our other callers uh, who didn't want to get on the air just said he's asking about how insurance companies are dealing with the deceased. How are they handing out benefits? That's a good question. And how are the dead well, being... Dis- it's just the dead disease. aren't being buried at the moment, are they? Uh, I th- yeah, I think you can be buried. You just can't have a 25-person funeral. Okay. Right. I think you observing social distancing, you can. Well, do you see that horrible story out of Philadelphia where they brought dead bodies to the morgue in a pickup truck? And they were from the Albert Einstein Medical Center, and mm. apparently they had a contract with somebody to pick up dead bodies there and take them to the medical examiner's office. But the guy brought them there in a pickup truck. I mean, of all the, and he was standing that's on the, he was standing on them oh, well, as he was helping right. to take them out. I mean, that there 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 is no. That's like a wartime. There there should be. Oh, Kurt Mosser is here. Holy smokes! Well, guess what? Not we'll here take, on the phone. We'll take the break <laughs> later. Uh, Kurt, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in today. Good morning. And that was a wonderful speech you gave yesterday. You could hear the emotion in your voice, and thank God someone had the common sense to say what you said. Well, well thank you, thank you for having me on. I was uh, sitting in the back of the house yesterday and listening to the, both sides of the argument, and 
I just, I could feel the blood pressure going, and uh, I got angrier and angrier. Uh, uh, so I said what I just, I just had to get off my chest. So you read that from just some handwritten notes before you went up there? I did. Oh my gosh. I wrote, <laughs> as things were being said, uh, you know, businesses around the whole state are just really, really suffering. And I'm not saying open this up. This bill was, this bill we were talking about, I know the prior caller said, you know, this was arguing about my business getting open. This had nothing to do with my business. This was, this was a bill about curbside service or one-on-one, one customer, one person in the store allowing these small businesses to operate. I mean, this was not about me, that's for sure. Um, but to hear folks from the other side saying, we get it, I know, I get it, that the rest of the businesses are suffering. They, they, I looked at the bios, they don't get it unless you're there and, and went through it. You truly just don't get that. I mean, the pressure of, of getting a make, making payroll it just really bottled up, and I it just uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I don't get up often, but when I do, I'm usually um, passionate about what I'm saying. One of our good callers suggested shortly after we played the we played the whole three minute uh, series of remarks here that do you just have your self interest in mind? You're just interested in keeping your businesses going, so you, you know you can make some good money. <laughs> well. I, we, my family and I have worked at our businesses for over 40 years, and, and uh, yeah, we. But I certainly, uh, I want my businesses to survive, and uh, I think it'd be crazy to say that I didn't. Uh, but again, that bill was certainly wasn't about my business at all. My business, or the restaurants, certainly are going to be one of the last things to come back. I get that. Like, I, I certainly get that. This wasn't about my business, though. But one of the things that bothers one of the things that really drives me nuts, Kurt, is I can understand the governor doing what he did initially, but then immediately what he should have done is start talking to people in the various industries and saying, all right, if I'm going to ease, ease up on these restrictions, you tell me how you can operate safely, what you can do, how you can do it, and then we'll make a decision based on whether or not we can accept that. But he hasn't done anything like that. That's, that's been the problem. I mean, I... I can't accept what he did from the beginning because it came out of nowhere. I was sitting in my district office. It was after the office was closed. I think it was 5 o'clock or after, and my phone started to light up. And I found out about the governor's order from a constituent irate on the phone um, to have zero notice. And the Department of Labor had zero notice that this was going to happen. No wonder the unemployment compensation system is failing. Um, so, yeah, it's been frustrating from the start, and there's been zero communication. I, I know in last week's speech where he talked about the plan to reopen really wasn't a plan. It was more of a stump speech. And, uh, listen, I'm not one who ever gets critical with the governor. I've, I've had a good working relation with, with, relationship with this governor because I could feel I can get more done if I have that relationship. But it just is really frustrating to not have transparency, to not tell us who's open, who's not open, why they're open, why they're not open. It's just, it's frustrating. Well, then there's the issue with the liquor stores. I, one of my friends posted that I started calling the liquor store five minutes or ten minutes before they opened, and the line was busy, and the line's been busy all day. And even everybody says that most of the state stores only have one phone line, so t- trying to do phone business with them is pretty difficult, and they don't seem to be terribly responsive to online orders from what people are saying. And I think if that was thought through, they would have at least had more phone lines put into the, into the 
the state stores. I don't think that was well thought out either. Um, it's just just really frustrating and it's disappointing. Um, and listen, I know you know this 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 virus is real, and I, I care about the health and safety of everybody. And I'm, certainly, my family and, and my and my employees and my customers, I care about them, um, my constituents. But you know, there's there's something that doesn't make sense when they say that everybody can shop at a, at a Walmart, but we can't open these small mom and pop shops one on one because science. That somebody please explain that science to me. Well, one of, uh, you, you're involved in these family-owned businesses, one of which is a banquet hall. You certainly can observe social distancing there. Um, I'm thinking of Mosser's Banquet Hall. I forget the precise name, what you guys call it. But in any event, um, it's a huge hall, so you certainly could pack 100 people in there, and they'd be six feet apart, you know, unless there were couples there that already, uh, you know, were s- living together, and they knew that there was, you know, they knew that they both didn't have it kind of thing. And so... Yeah, well, that's... That, that that, that business is a long, long time from coming back. I mean, that was without a doubt. Okay. Well, you know, social distancing is probably something we will have to endure in some form for a period of time. But here's my issue. I'm willing to accept perhaps more risk than Mark is willing to accept, and uh, Mark's willing to accept more risk than somebody else. Who should really accept the risk? If I can't, if I can't go stand the thought of going out and getting sick, should I stay home, or should I make Mark stay home so that I feel safer? Well, I, I think you know. I think it was smart to to be careful at, at the beginning of this to make sure we we got these things. You know, we, we knew what we were doing and things, and we, we, we followed the rules. I, I think the people are, are really frustrated that um, small mom and pops can't operate just as safely as the big box stores. And it, it's, that's as simple as, as I can put it, what the, you know, that bill was about. But what, what happens when all of these, because we're not a lot of businesses closed. There's no doubt about it. There's going to be a lot of businesses will not survive this. What happens then? Where do we make up the revenue in the state? Because we can't print money. We're not the federal government. We can't just make more. And we have to have a balanced budget. So what gets cut? What are they willing to accept that gets cut? Or will they want to just raise the taxes? All right, for these businesses that got put out of business, you can raise the taxes 50%. 50% of zero is zero. Mm. I mean, it's, it's the, the real pain is going to be coming. And... and uh, and what do you do? Do the folks on the other side of the aisle seem to appreciate that at all? Well, I mean, there were some votes that came our way on that on the bill that I that I spoke on with the one-on-one. There certainly are some, sure, but not the majority. I don't know. We were on the conference call the other day with. Uh, Jay Costa, and they brought in a, a scientist and someone I didn't see, or somebody identified as a scientist. I forget who she was, but I didn't hear any, much, rec, you know, uh, any conciliatory tone there. It was just we're going to keep, you know, whatever the governor says is the right way to go, and whatever uh, Dr. Levine says is the right way to go. That's what I heard. Yeah, uh, I mean, but listen, and he's and he's a part of leadership, and leadership's going to, I think, leadership's going to stick with their governor, and I get that, but. You know, there's good people on both sides of the aisle. I mean, and there's guys that, there's people on the other side of the aisle that come from a business, uh, their family's probably in, in business, I know some of them are, and, and they certainly understand a little bit better, and they, and they and again, they, they voted with us on that particular bill where I spoke about. Okay. Um, you know, there's no monopoly on, on good ideas or bad ideas in Harrisburg. We um, There's some on both sides of the aisle. I just never played that game. I'm, 
I'm just not one to do that. Well, the governor is going to veto this, he says. Uh, I think Penn Live had uh, a sentence that the governor knew what was in it already and planned to veto it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had no doubt. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed that he gets to be the ultimate king and uh, and decider of what businesses are safe and what businesses aren't. And again, it's it's, it's these big box stores where there could be a hundred people in them, but we can't do it safely one on one, and that's just disappointing. Well, it's like the aisles of grocery stores. Uh, I've been in one where, you know, they have signs posted, taped on the floor, showing you the arrows where you have to go. They're lining up. You can't get in a specific line at a register. You have to get in a long line and wait uh, for the next available register. And yet you go to another big box store like Walmart or even Target, and they may have some spots marked out where you have to stand to maintain distance, but they don't have any of those restrictions in place. You know, trying to keep yeah, people six feet apart. So you're right. I mean, the thing that's frustrating is there is no consistency. Right. It's just it's it's just and be transparent. At least say, here's the businesses that we've granted waivers, and here's why we did it. Here's the businesses who haven't been granted waivers, and here's why we didn't do it. I mean, any time, any other time, if this was a Republican governor, they would be screaming from the rooftops that there's no transparency. That's <laughs> all I ask for is transparency. Well, we had a, a writer yesterday who works at a company where all of the employees work at their own workstation, and as part of their job, they're required to wear face masks and um, gloves. And the governor didn't give them a waiver. And now they're finding that their customers are being solicited by companies down south that provide the same service they do and are not shut down, and they're trying to take their business away. Sure. So, I, mean, I, have this another, is, I have a company here that... Their workers work at least 30 feet apart, it's a, but it's a still a fairly large plant with some good jobs, for the, for, certainly for our area, and they're shut down. Other companies around the, the country, uh, Ohio, I think, was one of them, and there's a couple other states that are same exact businesses are open and running. I think New York might even have one of them, uh, are taking their business. These, these are contracts that they may never get back, right. which in turn may shut this good-paying company down. We're in, a, we're in an area where we, the least we can afford is to lose these good jobs. And we have to be, I mean, I just wish he would have, a, a part of his new plan is we want to know he wants to work with the legislature. Well, I laughed out loud when that happened. I mean, what he said that because, for God's sake, Governor, he hasn't worked with us at all. Right. Nothing. Well, Kurt, keep in, much, uh, keep in touch if there's anything else to add to this. Uh, call back uh, 8.30 in the morning each day. We try to talk to somebody who's uh, uh, involved in leadership around here, and you certainly qualify not the House leadership, but involved in decision-making and uh, trying to affect a positive solution here. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And at the soonest possible moment, I can have some more fried chicken out there. Please tell me. <laughs> and keep up, keep up the good work, Kurt. We appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, right, keep in touch. Take care. Kurt Moss, the state representative. We appreciate him checking in. Uh, we're going to take, uh, we've missed two breaks, so we're going to smush them together. So it's, it's not six minutes long, but it's plenty long. So we're going to take that quickie break. But when we come back, I would just love it if the lights were lit up. Uh, dial the number 1-800-795-9565. our telephone number, 1-800-795-9565. Call us now with your view on all of this. We've had a lot of good of opinions here. Got a, good, a lot of good opinions, and we'd 
love to hear yours as including well. the one that I'm an idiot well that one <laughs> or not rather <laughs> we hold a little bit less value in but we're we quite important to keep the microphones open for anybody we got van coming in we know what he thinks of me we know uh, what you're a nut i think is what you've been called and the guy don't like the constitution so that don't work out all right 1-800-795-9565 when it comes to car buying there's the other guy's way and then there's the smc way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the subway motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the smc way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Upper right-hand corner, Joe. Doug from Lewistown says, I do not understand how the subject of opening up the economy has become a political issue. Those of us who want the country opened up are labeled as being selfish, denying science, and not caring about life. We simply know that you can't turn off the economy and not expect catastrophic consequences. Nobody who is pushing to open up wants the virus or wants anyone else to get it. So we can open up but still be cautious. But Big Daddy government doesn't think we're capable of protecting or taking care of ourselves, thus creating more and more people dependent on the government. Something just doesn't pass the smell test with this whole mess. All right. Thank you for that. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. I've always thought Kurt Mosser is one of the more reasonable Republicans in our area. And I always take what he says a little bit more seriously than some of the others. And I agree with him about the transparency the lack of transparency with the governor, but I'm really not that upset about the inconsistency of it because I think closing down and stopping the virus was more important than being consistent. So there is that. But don't you think, Chris, that if if they're telling one business you can stay open and not practice all of these guidelines. And another business, we don't think you'll, you can stay open at all. you got to shut yeah, down. Yeah, but they want people to stay home. That's the, that's the main thing. And But yet they're actually you know, channeling after, them. After about 40, 30 to 40 days of it, then I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's about time to uh, start, start opening. I agree, really, I agree with you, Chris. 40 days is about what uh, it would take to get a handle on the... <laughs> And, uh, on what's going on, but we do need the testing real badly, and I think the testing is the key to opening up, and we've been very slow on getting that set up. Well, I agree with you in, in large part, but here's the thing. What they're basically doing is channeling people into a few stores. In other words, instead of letting me go have a choice of four or five places to go, they've narrowed it down, and I've only got one or two. And so there are large crowds in those one or two stores. Now, as far as I know, places like Kohl's are still open. Right. right? Kohl's yes. Hardware. Kohl's Hardware, yep. 
and and so I, I I'm not sure how they're different than than other stores. Well, it's essential home maintenance they and aren't, upkeep. They aren't really big, and and I can see where where uh, some some more stores could be open. On the other hand, the people who are running around without masks and close to people down in Harrisburg uh, represent a real danger to the whole uh, to the whole system. Uh, apparently, there's been spikes in a, from a similar demonstration in Kentucky, and they're all from uh, the week before, and there are also been spikes in Wisconsin including some uh, election workers who came down with it. But I think for the people on that demonstration down south, some of them said they were sick of hiding and they just wanted, if they're going to get it, they wanted to get it over with. It was going to kill them. Let's do it. But they're not going to hide in their house anymore. And they don't wish to be told to hide in their house anymore. Yeah, I think that's an example of very bad judgment is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, Chris, if you, choose, now, if you choose to stay home because you're worried about it, that's your right. But if Mark's not worried about it and he wants to go out, isn't that his right? Uh, in an emergency situation, in a pandemic, I don't think I really agree with that. So where would you draw the line? Just everybody stay home until the governor, in his infinite wisdom, decides it's okay for us to go out? Uh, I think he has very finite wisdom, but uh, that doesn't really change the situation of a pandemic. This is a medical emergency, uh, and emergencies uh, do tend to overcome. I mean, you have a right to walk around the city, but when there's a riot going on and the police tell everybody to get off the street, well, then that's a different thing. No argument. But this morning I I was watching CNN and they were saying 46,000 people have died, but the projections were 200,000 plus. Well, you know, yes, so we're doing that, a good was, job. that was sort of the projections based on uh, various things. I think they were inflated as the as uh, toward the the worst case scenarios. Not really. But, that was uh, the lower when you end have of the 50, range. Thousand people die in a month. Well, you know, that might be something else again. And one of the things uh, where we're not doing a very good job is the it was people were very slow about getting investigating how to deal with nursing homes and that same uh, the veterans homes are having the same problems and there's a lot of problems with the VA that the administration's been trying to uh, downplay too which I think is starting to come out now yeah I would think there'd and, be some serious and, issues and there when you say that you know there's everything's going well but you're ha- ordering nurses to work even though they may have been exposed to the virus and they're supposed to work until they get symptoms something is wrong there when they're giving masks and say this is your mask for the week and you have to make it last a week there's something wrong with the supply of masks but this isn't I mean, this there's, isn't there's general a different line coming out of Washington than there is uh, from the coming out from the nurses in the hospital. Chris, these are localized issues, though. I mean, you have UPMC saying that they find that the this surge that was forecast isn't anywhere near happening. Well, we were too successful. Our, yeah, and we so they're going to the start doing elective surgeries again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Sorry, sorry, we didn't get to finish your call. Call back tomorrow. Well, and I was going to give him the last word too, but I accidentally hit the button right off the bat and hung uh, up. We so. apologize. 
Chris Chris yeah, Mark coming up on you, not me. <laughs> I've been waiting to do that for 10 years. No, just kidding. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll, we'll enjoy open phones tomorrow. No guest schedule, which means our conversation. You get the open microphone. This is WKOK Sunbury, 10 a.m. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>